my people. And that just means, he says, some of you maybe have never had a real relationship. He says, I'll give you relationship. Not, not, not I go to church because, you know, my, my wife makes me or I'll do this, or I'll do that. That's so that I can soothe my own conscience. He says, I'll actually be your people. And the next one he says, he says, I'll be your God. No longer will it just be the God of Abraham, Isaac, or Jacob, or the God of your grandma, or the God of your coach, or the God of your crazy aunt who talks in tongues. No longer will it just be the God of that person. He actually says, I'll be your God. Then the, the sixth one he says, I'll give you a land, or I'll give you a destiny. I'm expecting to arrive at some things in 2013. I'm expecting to come up on some things and say, I've been working on this uh, way before you ever showed up. I've been on the case. And I believe that there's a land he's preparing. And then the last thing he says there is that there is a heritage. Or in other words, it's not just about you, that there is a legacy that you can leave to the next generation and the next generation and the next generation. The, the path that you're traveling now, he says, I'll actually cause you to have a legacy or a heritage i got to hurry here, but I want to go into the, the next section of Scripture here. It's 1 Corinthians chapter 10, because we got the seven I wills. And we'll come back to a little bit uh, here in a minute. But there's seven things he said I absolutely will do. But there are some things that we have to do. How many of y'all think that God doesn't just make it rain? Make it rain, make it rain. We talked about that before. He doesn't just rain down money, and he doesn't just rain down these things. We actually have a part to play. The love of God is unconditional, but the promises of God are absolutely conditional. I mean, it's just, you just can't deny it that the promises that there is a pursuing. He says, put your hand to the plow. Don't look back. He told him to walk around Jericho seven times, then shout, then the walls will come down. I mean, there was, David had a part to play with Goliath and Noah had to build the boat. I mean, God didn't just drop a boat out of heaven and say, get on. No, that sucker had to build that baby for a year against adversity and ridicule. So there's things that we have to do to obtain these seven. So I want to show you uh, because... These people here, they didn't get it. How I many of y'all know God can have a whole load of promises, but you never obtain them? You never reach them? You never get them? And, and you can wonder, God doesn't answer my prayers, God doesn't like me, or it's because of this, or it's because of that. Here in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, we're going to find out why these same people that he said these seven things to, they didn't get it. Can you imagine God promising you seven things? He says, man, I'll do all this for you. And they don't get it. They don't get the things that he wanted. So I want to find out why they didn't get it. Because a couple of weeks ago, we talked a whole lot about the people that did get it. And it's fun to talk about the people that did get it. It's fun to talk about David and Paul and the woman with the issue of blood that pressed through the crowd and she touched Jesus' garment. And the, the blind man or the lepers that yelled out, Jesus, have mercy. And they actually received from him. But we can't just celebrate the ones that did get it without learning from the ones that didn't. Come on, we got to take our cues from the people that didn't get it and find out, well, why didn't, why didn't they get it? I don't want to, and I know it's pretty convenient now to go to churches where they, it's really uh, all about you can and all these wonderful things, but there's also an element of warning. And the Bible says that my job is to preach to every man, to teach to every man, and to warn every man that I may present every man perfect in Christ. So I want to give you five things in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 why they didn't get it. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 6 here. It says, now these people became our examples. Who are, who are the people? The same people that he told the seven I wills to. 
He says now they're going to become examples to us of why they did not get it. These people became our examples to the intent that we should not. Number one, he says, don't lust after evil things as they lusted. Another reason, one of the reasons they didn't get the seven I wills is because they couldn't manage their affections. Right? They couldn't manage their appetites. The next one he says, he says, not only did they lust after evil things, he says that they don't become an idolater as were some of them. As it's written, the people sat down to eat and drink and they rose up to play. Number three, he says, let us not commit sexual immorality as some of them did. And in one day, 23,000 of them died. Number four, he says, don't let us tempt Christ. So that really means test, but the... Christ is not Christ really there. It's actually Moses. In the Old Testament, they're following Moses, but Moses is a type of Christ. So it says, don't test or don't tempt Christ as some of them also tempted and were destroyed by serpents. And then the last one he says is he says, don't complain as some of them also complained. And they were destroyed by the destroyer. Now, all of these things happened to them as examples. Everybody say examples. So these are our examples. And I'm telling you, two weeks ago, we had a fun time looking at all the people that made it. Man, that, man, that woman made it, and I believe I can make it. And that's good. But here he says, listen, there are some examples of people that didn't make it. And the very next part is he says, and that they are written for our admonition. So the reason I'm giving you these examples is so that you can learn from these five things upon whom the ends of the ages has come. Don't let him who thinks he stands, take heed, lest that he falls. So five things, five things here I believe we need to watch out for in 2013. Because it's fun to get up here and talk about all things God will do. He will, he will, he will, he will. And it's good, and he absolutely will. But if we don't learn from why they didn't, if we don't, and he, real clear, he says there's five things that they didn't control. The first thing is he says they didn't control their appetites. You know what that means. They, they didn't control their, their appetites. That's why we're starting with fasting is that just helps you control your appetites. The next thing they didn't control is their affection. They began to idolize certain things. Right? They began to idolize things that they wanted. Third thing is sexual immorality. What's that? Anything that's outside of marriage. Right? So you've got fornication, adultery, pornography, homosexuality, all those things, and they're all equal. I mean, sometimes we think one is worse than the other. It's like he or she is like that. Or like this. But really, all of them fall under this umbrella. So you really can't ostracize one group of people without just putting everybody under this group right here. And he says, listen, if you don't take care of this area, you don't have to worry about getting any of the I wills. Because the I wills were for the people that, that take care of these five areas here. So the fourth one there, what's the fourth one he says? He says, the last one is he says, uh, don't complain. Or the third one there is supposed to be honoring those that people put over you. That sometimes we want to complain about different people or different things. Moses, he should have done this. Or Moses, he was lousy. We should be, I wish we were back in Egypt. That's what they would tell Moses. And God says because of their lack of respect for those that God put in their life, whether it's a teacher, a coach, a pastor, or a president, or your parents, he says you better watch out for this. And then the last one is don't complain. Don't complain. I, I'm not getting a ton of amens, and I didn't suspect that I would. Didn't Good. suspect that I would, but that's all right. I'm trying to get us somewhere in 2013. Amen. And I believe the Lord's got some I wills for us, but he Amen. wouldn't give us these five things to try and button up or we'll be at the end of this baby 
and be like, man, you complain the whole way through. And then you wonder why you didn't get nothing. He told you right there what it is, Dodo. He told you right there. You sleep been sleeping with that girl the whole year. Now you act like, oh, Lord Jesus, why don't you do this? He tells you right there why you ain't going to do it. If you don't take care of these areas here, if you can't handle your affections, and if you, if you can't handle your lust, if you can't handle these things, don't, don't get mad at God because it's very clear what His will is. And people put the blame back on God. Well, I don't think He wants to. Whatever. You can't read. I mean, if you can read, it's right there. If you can, I mean, it's very obvious. Well, I just want to pray uh, if it be thy will. Why? He tells you what the will is. If you'll take care of yourself, then he says, there's nothing I won't do for you. I'll redeem 100 years and bring you back, and you'll do more in the last 10 than you did the previous 80. He has that ability. He's that bad. He's that awesome. He can absolutely do it. The things that the palmer worms and the canker worms and the moth, all that stuff that got ate up, he says, I'll redeem it. I'll restore it. Job lost everything, but before it was all over, he got twice as much back. That's just the way, that's just the way our God is. But we have to do our part. I recently, I watched a, uh, actually ordered it. I, I watched this, uh, this show on the BBC. And I don't watch a lot of BBC because the, uh, their accents kind of <laughs> throws me, them Brits and stuff. Uh, yeah, she watches that stuff all the time, and I'm just like, oh, Lord Jesus, we got to get two TVs. Uh, she's always, what are you watching, Masterpiece Classic or something? You watch that too? Down, Downton Avenue? <laughs> Gross. Uh, uh, sorry. Yeah, so BBC, they, they, they have these six things that they consider to be the most uh, unusual or fascinating events in nature so uh, I ordered this DVD and I it's a, it's a blu-ray so it looks really good and it sounds really good and one of them's migration one of them's different things but the one I want to share with you this morning is called the salmon run and, and some of you may be somewhat familiar with this but but the salmon they they start in British Columbia or they start in Alaska and the mama makes a little nest and she delivers her eggs and then the daddy does his thing and the eggs begin there and then the eggs are born, and you have a fish that's about yay big. It shows the little fish, just a tiny little fish. And he's born in a spring. And he begins to swim downstream. And he goes from a small stream to another stream that ties into another stream into a little bit bigger stream. And then that stream feeds into a river that feeds into another river that feeds into a larger river that feeds into a big river. And then that river... 3,000 miles away, it dumps into the Pacific Ocean. So it takes this tiny little fish a little while to get downstream. How many of y'all know swimming downstream is easy, baby? There ain't nothing to that. So the minute it hits the ocean, it's millions and millions of gallons of water. These salmon now that are maybe this big, they hit the mouth of the ocean and for four years they live in the Pacific. And if you've ever seen the Pacific, it's large. It's, sli it's larger than Big Lake. Uh, I mean, the Pacific, I mean, people get lost out there for months. They don't ever find them. And yet these fish spread out all over the Pacific, 500 million of them. There's half a billion of these salmon. But after four years of swimming in the big water, something on the inside of them begins to change. And they don't know exactly what it is, but something's in their DNA. God's put something in them that they have to return home. Not just home, but they actually have to return 
to the same stream that they were born in. Now, how in the world is a little fish the size of a pea that's traveled 3,000 miles from home and has lived in millions of gallons of ocean? And they said that there's thousands of inlets into the ocean, but 500 million of these suckers are able to find the mouth that they came out of. And, of course, the scientists are trying to figure out how in the world can these salmon, they say, well, we think it's their nose, that they can take one drop of water, can be in the ocean, and they can smell that river 3,000 miles away, and that will draw them back home. And then other ones say, well, we think it's iron in their brain that that leads them. In other words, they don't know how how they do it but God has engineered these fish that not only do they find the one spout to get them up there but then they go from one river to another river to a smaller river to a big stream a smaller stream and the the spot that they were born four years later they lay their own eggs and it's fascinating that how in the world can that happen well what's that mean for us God can get us where he wants us to be He has the ability, if he can take a little bit of nothing, I mean, honestly, in the big scheme of things, I love eating salmon. And, uh, you know, that's about my relationship with them is at Fuji. Yeah, I'll have the salmon. I mean, that's my role at, at, at Ichabon. I mean, that's pretty much my relationship. And how much more can God take us out of, uh, out of just a world and something can click on the inside of us and say, I'm tired of swimming downstream and I'm tired of being in the big ocean amongst the other fish. Something can click and say, I believe in 2013, it's time to swim. That I've got some eggs that I'm carrying and I've got to go home. It's crazy because uh, all along the way, there's uh, bears, you know, and it's just, there's just bears everywhere. And there, there's eagles that are coming down, man. They're eagles there. And me and Nova are watching it, man. That's so because they do it in slow-mo. Don't you like, like them cameras? And they go. And those talons come out. And he drops those legs and he grabs that salmon. Poor salmon. And salmon's just like looking at him like, oh, this is it, isn't it? <laughs> this is it. I mean, it's just all of the obstacles that they have to endure. I mean, there's the largest concentration of grizzly bears is standing there waiting on these fish. And it's so crazy because it says the first fish, uh, the, the fish will jump up. They'll look and see where the bears are. They go back down and then they jump again. And the height that they jump is like a human jumping over a four-story building. I couldn't jump over that rail right there, uh, <laughs> much less a four-story building. But these fish, they have tremendous adversity and they've got to swim uphill and it shows the, the bears and the bears just take these fish and they, they throw the fish down and they stomp on it and they squirt the eggs out of that fish because what the bears want is they want the eggs. That's really what he wants. And sometimes we feel like that the world is after us and the devil's after us and we're under all of this. But really, the devil wants your eggs. He really wants what you're carrying because what you're carrying is for the next generation. That God really needs us to travel upstream and watch out for these five traps or pitfalls uh, pitfalls of, of eagles trying to eat us and there's salmon sharks whenever they start out. There's all of these things that are trying to get us, but really what he wants 
is he wants our eggs. Because the last one of the I wills is, is God says, I'll leave a heritage or I'll, I'll leave a legacy for you. That, 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 that what we're trying to accomplish is not just for us. It's for the nobles and for our grandkids and for the next ones that may be the ones that usher in the final we may be it. I mean, there, you know, the way that the world's going right now, who knows? We may be the ones that see Jesus return. I don't know. But God wants us. So there's three things I wanted you to write down in your little book there. It says three things to remember for 2013. The first one is be willing to swim upstream. Come on, any dead fish can float downhill. Come on, there are plenty of dead churches where people just floating downhill. Anybody do that. If you want one, this ain't it. You'll find you another one. Anybody can float downstream. You'll have to be willing to swim upstream. Next one is you'll have, to be, you'll have to avoid the pitfalls. You'll have to avoid not just these five things, but the other things. you have to avoid the attitudes of your heart. There'll be things you have to avoid. There'll be, there'll be some sharks swimming in the water. Some of them you may be related to. Been there, done that. So you'll have sharks and you'll have eagles and you'll have, man, it, sh- it showed these killer whales. You know, a killer whale, they'll zap them with electricity. And that fish just floats. <laughs> Poor thing. Then the whale comes up and eats him. Tremendous adversity. You'll have to avoid pitfalls. You'll have to be willing to swim upstream. The last thing is you'll have to keep your eyes on the prize. The only thing that's driving that fish is the eggs. That's it. Not retirement. Well, can I get an amen? Not a 401k. What's driving those fish is the eggs. And it shows these, these eagles come down, grab that fish, open up his guts and just eat the eggs out. The bears just eating the eggs out. They really want the caviar. I believe God's got for us in 2013 that he's got some things for us, but we'll have to swim, up, swim upstream. We'll have to live the way Jesus actually said live. Sorry. <laughs> And we'll have to keep our eyes on the prize. If we can do that, I believe the I wills are available there for us. Amen. You want to say anything? I just want to mention one thing. If uh, maybe you heard this today and something about it just kind of grabbed you and encouraged you to make a change or make an adjustment in your life for this year, for your family, for your own personal self, or maybe for someone else, I want to encourage you not to let go of that. Write it down today. If God's put something in your heart, or if you something on the inside is just like, I want to change it. I've been wanting to do it. Today's the day. I'm going to start. I felt like something right there just clicked with what I'm thinking. I want to encourage you to write it down, number one, so you don't forget. Number two, don't get discouraged. If you mess up, if you walk out of here and, and you completely do the opposite of what you were intending to do tomorrow, you just completely drop the ball, just pick it back up again. Pick it back up. It's a new day. The, the Bible says that his mercies are new every morning. So wake up every morning and say, you know what? I got a brand new clean slate. I'm starting over today. Today's a new day. I'm going to do better. T- yesterday, pff, I'm glad it's over. Completely missed it yesterday. Today, brand new day. So I want to encourage you, don't, don't get you know, a week or two weeks into this thinking, I'm going to do it. I can, I can do it. I'm, I'm going to get that. I will. God said, I will, I will, I will. And I receive that. That's good. Keep that. Write that down. Everything that's going through your head right now and in your heart, write that down. But don't, don't think that it's too late. Oh, I messed up yesterday. 
I completely fell off the wagon or I, I missed it. If it's with the fast, you know, if one day you're like, oh, you just give in and you, you eat that one thing or you watch that one TV show you gave up on that you were going to do away with for a while, don't, don't feel that you've missed it. Just pick it back up again and keep going. Amen. The Bible says a good man falls seven times, but he gets back up. Listen, falling's fallen. Yeah. Just part of it. Fallen's fallen, but a good man, he gets back up. Scripture in Micah says, Rejoice not over me, O my enemy, though I have fallen, I shall arise. I remember the first couple of years of me serving the Lord. Man, I'd screw up. But I would tell the enemy, I say, Don't rejoice over me. Yeah. Don't think you got me, baby. <laughs> though I have fallen, I shall arise. And I'll cut you whenever I get up. So don't let the devil beat you up. And I think that's a lot. We have a lot of that. People really get beat up. Don't let the devil, don't let him rejoice over you. Yeah. And you ain't rejoicing over me. He paid too high a price for my redemption, for me to just set, settle and wallow in my fallen state. Now I shall arise. Praise God. Let's pray together. Thank you, Father God, for your word, the entrance of your word, giving light and understanding. Thank you, Father God, for this year, 2013, that the I wills are available for us, that you will lift the burdens, that you'll unwrap the bondage, that you'll redeem the time, redeem our lives, that you'll give us a land, that you'll give us an inheritance and a legacy, not just for us, but for those that are coming after us. We thank you for our eggs, that you've counted us faithful, that there's things that we're carrying whether we recognize it or acknowledge it or even want it, that there's things that you've deposited in us that people need and that we purpose in our heart this month, this year, that we will watch out for the pitfalls, but we'll possess, that we'll pursue your house. Our affection is upon your house, that we're willing to give to your house, our time, our talent, our resources, that we'll prepare every day, prepare our hearts so that we can give be a blessing to you.